tonight is Nicole. Hello. And Mama Kay. Buongiorno tutti. Oh, bellissimo. Perché oh. un film italiano? Sì? Oh, mamma mia. <laughs> uh, yes. Just have your dad listen, yes. he'll translate for you. All of that is because tonight we are doing Luca, the new Pixar film streaming on Disney Plus. I don't, I don't think it's in wide theaters. I think it's primarily in Disney Plus. It might be in a few to get um, Oscar eligibility, but uh, Disney Plus is where they're sticking this one only. Interesting. Uh, Pic- Pixar. We are champions of Pixar across the board of varying degrees. I've, I think I'm still the only one who's seen all of them, so I can, I can yeah, hold that Wally. above. So. We're not, we're not Wally's impressed fine, by that. Wally is a fine film. <laughs> I stand by. They've never made a bad film, except you could argue Cars Two, but I don't even think that's that bad. But anyway, uh, this is the newest <laughs> Pixar effort, and all the Italian at the top is uh, well because this is where. Luca takes place and what it's about, set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera. Luca is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. They are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. So that's what Luke is about, is uh, sea monster children, and they go and become regular children, but don't want to don't want to find out that they're sea monsters, because they, they, they hunt the sea monsters. Right. Uh, like any Pixar movie, I was excited going in. Not as much as some other ones in the past, just because this one didn't particularly appeal to me. This I had, like, onward level of excitement where I was like, eh, it looks, it looks fun and cute, and they've never made anything bad, so I'm, I'll just try, I trust the process at this point. Do you guys know anything going in? Yeah, um, I guess... Part of it, I think, though, might be the fact that, like, you know, Disney didn't release this wide. I mean, that's kind of a disappointment, actually. So I think that maybe there would be more, you know, hoopla about it if it wasn't just on Disney Plus or if I had to pay, you know, an extra $30 to watch it like Raya. So uh, it's just interesting why they would pick, you know, what their what their thought process is. So and I did know yeah, about it before was... and I'm interested in the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah, this one was free, not uh, not well, free on on top of your not an additional on top of your subscription fee like Raya was and right. like Black Widow will be. Uh, Nicole, anything going in? Um, I knew it was about an Italian child, and I thought it was actually about mermaids, but that's all that I really knew about it. So obviously, yeah. I didn't know about it. <laughs> that's not what it is. No, that's that's, enough <laughs> that's not bad. I mean, considering you know. <laughs> well, yeah, Disney Plus. If you have that, go check it out. If you have an interest, before we spoil it, I look at, looking here. It actually debuted at an aquarium in in uh, Genoa. So that's I don't know why awesome. It premiered at an aquarium. Cool. I mean, I know it's uh, because ocean movie. I yeah. know, but but no, no one has the premiere. Usually, if it's at a festival or a theater or something like that, it's out of the aquarium choice. Anyway, uh, on Disney Plus, check it out if you have any interest. We will spoil it now. We rate things here at Films with the Women of My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Luca is a teenage sea monster, and he's living off the coast of the Italian city of Porto Rosso, and he spends his days herding goatfish on his family goatfish farm. Uh, there are <laughs> resident little dopey creatures that are common in uh, Disney and Pixar movies these days. Uh, t- typically ones that always make Nicole laugh. Oh, uh, the fish? Had... <laughs> yes. They were so cute. 
and he has his parents, Daniela and Lorenzo. Daniela is very worried about him uh, and his curiosity with the surface world because he finds little artifacts from the surface world on the ground. He thinks it's dangerous, uh, and Lorenzo is more uh, occupied with his crab racing creature championship crab. I don't know what he's doing. He's he has his own little hobby with crabs and doesn't really pay much attention to anything else. Uh, they also have a grandmother that lives there and she uh talks about how she's been to the surface world and visited and the the, the mom does not like this. She she shoots it down. Uh, and one day Luca meets another young sea monster named Alberto and Alberto uh is living by himself on this little island. Uh, it's got like an old abandoned watchtower thing in it, and he goes in and out of the water regularly and lives a lot of his days as a human. Uh, and so they form a little friendship. Luca is uh, uh, shy and unsure and skittish and uh, timid, and he's he's uh, afraid of the world because of his his mother's upbringing. While Alberto is uh, extremely uh, thrill seeking and go with the flow, and almost to a uh, destructive uh, degree at times. And the two of them uh, decide to run away because they're gonna. <laughs> Lucas' parents are gonna go make him live with Uncle Ugo, <laughs> this this deep sea fish who. Uh, it's like okay. What is that one with the with the light on its head? Yeah, he's like uh, a lantern fish. Lantern he has fish, like yeah. lantern fish qualities where he's got the thing on his head and he's kind of see-through. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, he, no one wants to go live with Uncle Ugo. So he runs away. Alberto and Luca run away to the, the uh, Porto Rosso, the town on the coast, uh, disguised as humans. And they befriend a girl and they get tormented by a bully. But uh, they then they work for this mustachioed one-armed man. Uh, and they have little <laughs> adventures on the island because they want to get a Vespa and ride the world free, and uh, it goes from there. So, what do we think of this plot, Mama Kay? It's Finding Nemo, right? You've got... Similarities. A fish that's a little skittish. You've got an overprotective parent. Although, I gotta give Disney kudos this time in giving him both a mom and a dad. Uh, that's nice Ooh. to see. They yeah. typically forego the mom. In a lot of things, so and and we see that a little bit later with uh, Julia's character who has a mom, but we never see her. So we got like Andy's mom. I mean, that's pretty famous because our mom. But I, I get your point. They, but they no dad, a parent. so you know, it's, yes, it's, it's usually not two parent household. Single single parent world, world, yeah. And they all seem to do pretty good being single parents. I'm not gonna lie, but um, that's the Disney of it all. So I mean, this. As I was watching it, I was, there was a lot of parallels for me with Finding Nemo. Obviously, it's an underwater piece. It's a fish out of water piece. There's a big baddie, which I guess, I don't know, that like Darla or, you know, in the in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo doesn't have a, a, a super main antagonist except for no. kind of Darla, but she's not even yeah. really like... Yeah, this guy, this kid is is an antagonist. Like he is an antagonist. Oh yeah, he's he's the bad he's the bad guy. And I was trying to think of if I'm matching it with Finding Nemo and what. I mean, the only thing recently that gives the same sort of flavor to it is Coco, and I think that's just because of that it's sort of a you know Mediterranean ethnic kind of thing. But otherwise, there's really no you know meshing of it. Um, the plot. It's interesting. I like that. You know, I like how it has to wind around, and you know, we we go through this journey really quickly with, with these, with these two. And then when they're, when they become a third, and then, I mean, obviously showing how difficult a threesome is, unless you're a bad guy and you always have two henchmen, which, 
we right. can probably talk about in characters. Yeah, I was I was cool with this journey. I really liked where it went. I you know I was a little surprised when um, Luca sort of threw Alberto under the bus, so to speak. So, um, oh yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give the the plot a three and a half. I was really excited about this. Actually, I thought it was going to be really interesting to show i guess a different part of the world that we haven't gone to yet with pixar as far as i'm concerned and show actual people and not just different blobs or cars or robots or cats what have you yeah <laughs> toys anything like this is actual people so that's pretty neat story's interesting but I do wish that they had given us a little bit more backstory on the sea monsters themselves and why this town is so scared of them and why they've been hunting them. I mean, the very, very brief beginning scene that we get where um, that one boat comes across one it doesn't really show why the lore of this sea monster has, you know, kind of crippled the town. So I wish that there was a little bit more to that. I bet that would have made it a little bit more, I don't know, solidified it more that this was a legitimate thing um, that people were scared of. But um, I, I like the story of the two boys, um, their friendship that they've built together just does seem kind of quick. But I think that we know that Luca is very lonely. So he'll kind of grasp onto anything that he can. Um, but I like Luca it. and I like... Alberto are very lonely. Yeah, yeah same. They, with Alberto. They're both. Yeah. yeah, that's true. They're they're both very lonely. So I I like the quickness because it seems realistic. Like they both found someone to enjoy the time with. But re- the rest of the story, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Really, um, the whole triathlon and things like that, kind of. Not my favorite part of it, I guess. So I'm going to stick with the You have to have the action. Like, if there's not the action in this movie, it's boring. And so yeah. I think you have to have something that's a backdrop of, you know, a contest like this. Because that's... Otherwise, we're just, you know, sort of being told a coming-of-age tale. And little kids aren't going to want to watch that. And even adults, I'm going to admit it now, I fell asleep during, of course, the most important moment in the middle of the movie and had to go back and rewatch. So, um, <laughs> well, at least you went back. <laughs> I had to go back. Cause I was sort of like, why are they beefing? I don't understand what's happening. And then, yeah, I had to go back. Well, oh, you felt like one of the best scenes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The thing is like, since it's real people, the villain isn't going to be some outlandish thing. The villain is a guy that just wants to keep winning because he's full of himself. So it's not really this like grand scheming plot like we normally see. It's like it's just a guy that's a dickhead. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really come across as very villainous in that sense. But I don't know. Mm. I'm gonna give it a three for now. So this is the the lightest affair I've seen from Pixar since Monsters University, maybe? Like, it's the lightest Pixar affair for in the past, maybe, decade. It's it's uh, it's not 
super deep in after after the existentialism of, of soul, which was their last effort. This yeah. is a big scaling back to eh, let's make one for the kids again because we're getting to the point where like I, I don't even know if kids are watching anymore. Which it might just be for the parents because this is definitely uh, a younger audience skewed, less for adults. I still think it's. I still think it's got the seal of quality. I still think a lot of the jokes work. It's still got the heart. I uh, got a couple of teary-eyed moments. Uh, characters are likable when we get to that. But the plot is kind of the weak point because it, it, it moves fast. I like the the economy of it all. It's an hour, 41 minutes, pretty average length for a kid's movie. And it moves super quick. Sometimes a little too quick, honestly. Like, I could honestly use more fleshing out at times. But the the end plot of we're doing the triathlon is the action sequence. Uh, we, I think we there's something different instead of that that could have... Uh, that could have been like the end goal. Cause I think the, the relationship with, with Luca and Alberto and then in, uh, in after the first act, Julia, I like all that stuff. All that's good. Them literally being fish figuratively, figuratively and literally being the fish out of water is, right. is brings, brings some good comedic moments. The parents later on being literal figurative fish out of water is fun moments. Uh, and the, the rule of the world is y- you come out of the water and you do like a little shake off thing. And that's when you're human. And then when you get water, on you and like any part of you that's when your your fishness shows the sea monsterness shows yeah. so like they got to avoid rain and puddles and the the water fountain in the middle of town so and all that is like good yeah all that's yeah exactly all that is uh is good like just like uh storytelling tension it's just more of that main like Oh, we're doing this to get to win the money to get the Vespa or to go to school because the kid wants to go to school because the girl likes studying and then it's the push pull between the two characters. I feel like if we had a different thing, I'm kind of with Nicole on I want some more sea monsteriness in this where like maybe the big event at the end is like a sea monster hunting contest and then you find out oh one of the parents or uncle lugo or something is getting or the grandma is getting hunted and then the two kids are on the team and they have to hunt and then they have to reveal that they're the sea monsters and that they're not dangerous i don't know i feel like there was there was another contest we could have done to to keep the plot going than the the triathlon but uh, i'll give it a three five because for what it's still all executed well. I just would replace that final goal with something different. Uh, but the characters, we got Luca, we got Alberto, we got Julia, the girl on the on the land, and her father, uh, the fisherman guy with the one arm. The villain is Ercole. Is am I saying that right? Ercole. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it? like Ercole. It's like Hercule, like Poirot. It's like that's every time they said it. It's a terrible. I don't name. know these things. Yeah. Anyway, he's he's the he's the too old to still be doing this bully. Way too uh, old. Yeah. I like that that's a running gag with this character because otherwise yeah. his character is not much else. But I like the running gag is, oh, I'm too old to be doing He's too old to be, like, tormenting these children. Uh, and he's got his two little bully sidekicks. Uh, the parents, the the grandma, the uncle in the, in the brief scene. Uh, a couple of townspeople that stick out. But uh, that's pretty much the characters. What do we think of them, Nicole? I really like the kids in this movie a lot. All, I like all three of them. I think that they've got their own little personalities and they feel really like real characters. They don't feel so um, uh, overproduced, I guess. Like I feel like these could be real legitimate children, which I like. I think that they, that the, 
the camaraderie of all three of them is is really cute. I really wish there was a little bit more backstory to some of these people. Like, I really want to know more about her dad. He seems really intriguing. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he's a sea monster hunter, like, what caused him to want to do this? And, you know, how is the how is this affecting him as much more so than the f- townspeople? You know, it's one of those little bits and bobs here because I think that that would really add to the Italian charm of it, of having the background story of why this little port town is so affected by the sea monsters. I love the little clip we get at the end that some of the townspeople may not be who they who we thought they were. Um, right. oh, meeting yeah. the little old ladies. I really liked that. thought that was yeah. a really nice touch. And I like that the the parents didn't berate him and didn't get mad at him for exploring. I mean, obviously they were scared because they didn't want Luca to get caught and get hunted. But when the time came and they actually saw how much he was enjoying his life, it actually, it was like, okay, that we you can do it. That's fine. And it's not some big deal. And uh, it's not finding Nemo-esque in that way. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much else to say about it. Um, I don't know how I feel about the villain. I mean, I, he was okay. I, I thought it was kind of funny with him really trying to be number one still. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, just let this little kid get it. Um, <laughs> I mean, he already had I'm, the Vespa. What more does he want? Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I mean, I, I think that the intentions are good with every story that comes out of the characters and i really like how everybody just kind of loves each other at the end like it didn't have to be anything other than that so i think that this will probably be one of my highest grades give it a four um i think i agree with nicole if i hear what she's saying that probably um the villain air cole is the weakest of the characters he's pretty flat and one-dimensional and he brings the score down from a 5 to a 4.5 for me because I think all the rest of the characters are brilliant and they're all used really well in this movie. There could have been so many different ways to go with this the three-person relationship, with how the parents reacted. I felt that we got a lot more out of the parents than I expected, honestly, because I thought once they got on land, it was just going to be like, oh, we're going to find him. But, you know, we're kind of... Yeah, I was worried about that, too. Yeah, they're Nancy Drewing this situation because they don't know what their kid looks like as a human. And their kid doesn't know what they look like as humans either. So it's really really, clever. Yeah, it, it was... I really liked that. And I liked, you know, how they went around trying to figure out, you know, which one was him and... Um, when it wound up just sort of being a personality thing that they recognized, I thought that was really great. I I was okay with not really knowing a whole lot about the s- characters as sea monsters. I think we all sort of have in our mind what uh, sea monsters are. And when you do live on the coast, I mean, I live on the coast now, there's a, there's a certain fear built out of respect for the sea and i think when you when you're talking about a sea monster it's not necessarily a sea monster but it could be sharks or that terrible awful lantern fish that's see-through kind of thing or you know a five thousand pound grouper it could be any of those things that are out there and you just don't know what's underneath you when you're in the ocean so 
I I really I really thought that the characters within uh, an hour and forty one minutes were fleshed out really well. I knew what everyone was doing. Uh, the one thing that was very interesting to me, and maybe there was something more that they had for uh, Massimo Julia's um, dad, who only had one arm. And I think I don't know about you guys, but my expectation was I was going to hear the big story about how the sea monster ripped off his arm. And basically he's like, nah, I was born this way. (laughs) And I was the red herring. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, that got me thinking about like some stuff, because I think that this movie is on the surface, uh, really easy for little kids to get in and enjoy. Um, But I do think there are some other themes maybe going on. And I think that there's just a whole, you know, you got to love yourself, believe yourself, believe in yourself, no matter who you are or what, what kind of face you're putting out there um, to the world. So I, I appreciated that. That was actually one of my favorite parts. He's like, Oh, born this way. I was like, Oh, what? What? <laughs> that was great. Amazing. There could have been a better way to get around. Maybe um, I, I do wish maybe the villain was a little different. And maybe if they didn't have the whole story of the triathlon, I think the triathlon was actually smart because it has a water aspect to it. So if you have any other kind of, um, sort of sporting situation that's that's your go-to you got to go you know you got to go for the triathlon although usually it's running not eating pasta but eating pasta seems like a pretty sweet idea no lie it, but i like it because it it makes it more sense why julia he calls her spulia because she throws up on the first thing and it's like uh, right. you think it's out of nerves and i literally don't think about it until the actual race is happening and they have to scarf down the pasta and get on the bikes i'm like Oh, that's why she threw up because she right. has to do it alone every time, and she threw up because she had to bike up a hill after eating a, a huge bowl of pasta. I'm like, right? Oh, I don't know why. I and they don't draw the attention beginning... to it. It's just a small little clever thing. Right. I assumed at the beginning that the pasta was going to be the last thing. Like, once you're done, you know, like do all the work, <laughs> and then once the pasta's oh. done, then you win. But I assumed have it, it was going to be swimming, and then they were going to have the going to have the sea monsters have to do something. So I guess we all saw it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, but ha- eating eating pasta in the middle of a triathlon or as part of a triathlon, it's the worst. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how they all didn't throw up. I mean, the guy. Well, everyone else it looked like had a team. I think she was right. she was the only one who. Yeah, did it she alone. was doing yeah. it by herself. So. Yeah, I really like the characters. I like the fact that even though Julia seems to be by herself and she's there every summer with her dad and she's sort of an outcast too, that she, you know, the their little personalities really do meld and you can really, I mean, I could feel the relationship in like middle school where you've got sort of like that boy girl thing going on and and it wasn't it didn't go like romantic but it's sort of like you, your friends are being drawn in different directions and um yeah i think it might I, I really appreciate it in a different way <laughs> it could have you know born this way maybe yeah. um yeah yeah i felt that alberto alberto threw off a little bit of that um mm-hmm. but also he'd been living in that rock quarry whatever the hell tower for quite some time by himself so he probably had many many years of of thought and and loneliness so um yeah so yeah i'm at a four or five with these guys uncle uncle what's his name was great uh yeah i want to talk about him (laughs) a little bit probably in the next piece (laughs) (laughs) gotta punch him in the heart (laughs) harder all the oxygen up here (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what is he in it? Like forty-seven seconds? Yeah, 
I mean, but he's, he's so memorable. He's too, so right? memorable. <laughs> so memorable. And I know it's Sasha Baron Cohen. And I'm okay with that. So I know. I know you have thoughts on him. Negative yeah. ones. Uh, yeah. Uh, I pair it pretty closely to what Mama K says, except I'm, I'm knocking it from a five to a four because I really dislike how much our villain has to be in it because he's yeah. he's not a good he's not a great villain he's he's there's still some jokes you can make that land nicole and i both were like oh snap when he when uh they call him the catfish and then everyone's like that's a lame thing it's like yeah because they got the two uh sad little whiskers and then everyone's like oh bird (laughs) like ah it's pretty good that was Uh, but but his character is i drive vespa i every, for some reason every he thinks people like to watch him eat large sandwiches right. i don't know why that's but i guess they're just like he doesn't have any other characteristic other than he's too old and he has vespa the third thing is he eats large sandwiches and thinks everyone loves him do you think that that's um, just but he, trying to be stereotypical italian is that a thing that they, I, people like to watch italians eat large I, sandwiches i don't know or but they i bet eat large that sandwiches? They do <laughs> There are large sandwiches called Italians, so I mean, it goes to kind of figure. <laughs> that, I, that almost makes me laugh in a meta way. I don't, th- I don't know if that's what they were going for. But. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, he's he's a, one of the weaker Pixar pantheon villains, um, yeah. and they usually have some good ones. So that's that's a disappointment. But that's the, the lone disappointment. The parents are used way more than I thought they would be, and too good good effect. I like yep. when the the dad tries to prove himself and he just throws that kid in the water and the ice with the ice cream and the mom just starts like tackling children into a fountain to, to get see if so it's good. the right person. The and the grandma, the grandma's good. The grandma's good. The grandma's the good, the good like uh, good like ah I, I I'm the adventurous grandma and I used to do all the cool stuff and the mom's like oh don't tell him that grandma right. Um, so yeah, all the fa- and yeah, we can talk Ugo and Fish and Sound if we want to because the family members are all used to great effect and the the trio is super solid, great dynamic. Uh, I definitely think Alberto had a thing for Luca. I don't know if the, I mean it's prepubescent, so you know whatever. But like, there's it, I I felt that pretty pretty. Uh, it, it came across that way. Yeah, um, he felt. But- I think it's because of his worldliness compared to him that also like lent to that. You know, sort I mean, of, kind of that dynamic. He really like to r- roll around with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're always they're always on that tandem that tandem scooter that they built that poorly built. Um, but yeah, the the tr- their trio is really strong. I re- I really like Luca and Julia's relationship and that. Like when they're doing like science nerdy stuff, they just get way overexcited. Yeah, and they have small dorky mannerisms that come across as very genuine and very realistic. Um, so, uh, you you you, pl- you fix a villain, or it's part of my whole thing. Like with the triathlon, like he's the villain in the triathlon. I wish we could somehow fix all that stuff and do something different. And I'm still with Nicole. Foc- do a sea mo- a more sea monstery themed thing at the end or more backstory with them and i think the only reason i feel that way is because there has to be some folklore from this town that makes them i mean it's all over their the town it's kind of leading into the visual and sound here but like they have um tiles of sea monsters with with harpoons in them and that's like what everyone is striving to do is kill them and get rid of them there needs to be um, something that happened in, in the past or some sort of story that has been brought down for generations about them that I wish I wish I could hear. 
the most we get is the fisherman at the beginning talking about, oh, watch out for sea monsters, but that doesn't really, it doesn't get any, it doesn't get much deeper than that. I do like when they pass by that one poster and they're like, Ugo? Because it's like the monster version of a sea monster and it just kind of looks like the uncle. Right. <laughs> if it's for like a movie or something. Uh, anyway, character wise, I'm at a, yeah, I'm at a four just because that, that is a, that's a weak sauce villain, but uh, otherwise, uh, solid everywhere else. Visual and sound, Mama K. Visually, really interesting because, I mean, as a Pixar movie, uh, there's an expectation about the animation style, I think. And this is, this was very different than what I, uh, different and yet the same. I couldn't really put my finger on it. It's not, it's not Toy Story animation. It's not, it's not Coco animation. It's just, it's almost a little throwback to something else it looks it feels little... scaled back it, it feels um sm- a smaller scale story than some of the more epic ones we've been told recently well i think not just the story that and i think that you're supposed to feel that because i think this is a very small slice of life on earth so and in the water yeah. you know this is that's how it's supposed to feel and these little towns that are on you know like the amalfi coast like this town are just just like that they're just these little you know, things like shooting up out of the water and they're just, they go up the hill and then down the hill and the, and that's your piece, you know? And I think that, um, but the style was very like fluid and it's not that it wasn't like textural because it was when she had her hair and the knit cap that she would wear, which that she wore was, were very textural. It was just sort of, I don't know, kind of simple, I guess. It felt a lo- it felt a little more simple to me, but I was okay with that. I felt like it really lent itself to the telling of the story. Um, also, this feels to me like maybe it was not current. This isn't 20, you know, this isn't 2020 or God forbid 2020, but this isn't 2021, you know, Amalfi Coast. This is maybe like 1950s, 1960s. That's what I guess, because we don't get many clues, but uh, there's not much technology, but we do pass a guy's window and he's watching a black and white tube TV. So that would indicate to me, yeah, 50s, 60s. Yeah. And the movie they were going to go see, or the movie theater they went past, there was like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I'm like, okay, that's a Disney movie from like the 60s, I think. So, um, so that's, that's kind of what I think is like, it just sort of gives you back. I mean, if you're, if you watch Italian films at all, it gives you that sort of feeling like um, Sophia Loren can come around the corner in cartoon form. I don't want that to happen. I'm not saying I want that to happen, but you could see that sort of happening in this town. So I embrace that. I was fine with that. Musically, I'm glad that this doesn't have any sort of raucous musical thing that we have to, you know, that's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar, but it has really fun different types of Italian music playing in the background. And there's a lot of things. I mean, I know that the director, right, is Italian. And I assume people who wrote it probably have that too. But Enrico Casarosa is the director. And then screenplay by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones. Pretty standard white people names. Uh, That's true. But there was so much flavor running through it that felt authentic to me. And some things that didn't, but I think are there for the kids. Like whenever something happens, she... The um, Julia character says like, oh, no, you know, Santa mozzarella or, you know, that's like the curse, uh, yeah. curse words. It's like, oh. All of her curses are Santa che- and it's a cheese. Santa cheese, Dip- yeah. Gordon but it changes Bella. the cheese. Yeah. So that was kind of, uh, but I think that was a, that's, that's a nod to kids. And probably there's going to be plenty of kids walking around in their house saying things like that instead of, you know, bad words. So, um, Great. so I think that that. I think it all 
goes really well uh, with everything. The some of the things that there's a lot of really little things in this that I think are so good. Uh, one of them is the uncle. And when he's just having that like 40 second soliloquy about what it's like to live um, at the, as a bottom feeder on the ocean and how he's like, Oh, and then you're sitting there and your mouth's just open. It's just open. And the whale carcass just kind of goes into your mouth and you don't even know. And it's just there. And you're just, eating whale carcass and it's like it's fucking hard he like appears out of the darkness i'm like oh god what the fuck? <laughs> he does but he's like one of those characters he's like in in like comedy movies where there's a guy that just comes out of nowhere and says like three things and then sort of backs away like skulking i like that i think i think that's that's really great i think it's really funny i like the triathlon piece of it just because i like that's like a travel part of the movie for me that's that's the road trip part of this movie uh which i really like um and I love me a good Vespa. So they had some pretty sweet Vespas on this thing. They had some pretty trash uh, other things like bikes and such. But uh, I really, I enjoyed this. I think I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to just because I started just really embracing the the Italianness of it. And it sort of left Disney aside just a little bit. And it really brought me into you know, 1960s Italy. So uh, I'm going to give this a four and a half. Yeah, I I like the style of it. It feels simple. I totally agree with you there. Um, not flashy. It doesn't feel like anything over the top for something that feels like it's set in in that time period. So I'm, I'm happy that it was on the simpler side. I really like how they made this feel like a very small tight-knit town you see the same people over and over again um you see the same locations and we follow luca like going up that cobblestone hill the street that's uh every day and we see the same people on it then they start cheering him on when he starts Mm -hmm. to get better at riding the bike like i really like that i like that there's little nooks and crannies for people to like hide in and it kind of makes me feel like did they make the town this way so they could hide from the sea monsters it just makes a little element of care that this is probably how the town how a town in italy is really set up like i don't understand the i really don't understand the triathlon part of this i really don't like that i'm really disappointed in that actually um i'm I'm with you yeah I know we had to get him in the water somehow, but I mean, there. I feel like this was, it was really strange. But I don't know. I, I mean, you have to think about what kind of things would they have had back then. That's they had like bike road races and things like that. It's not you can't drive cars around that town. That's that's not. You know, no, you're right. I guess you could have had some like sort my of idea. boat race or something, but well, I, was, I say I like my idea of there's a reward for a sea monster hunt, and then they 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 corner the family, like a family member or some a friend or something, or oh. like one like, uh, and then they, and then they have to reveal themselves to protect the family and like at the last minute or something. Yeah, but I don't think that's the story they're telling because I mean, I think the story that they're telling is not that dark i don't think there's like nicole's talking about why are you know why are they afraid of them i don't think it's a nefarious fear i think it's just a fear based on uh on on lack of understanding of what is in the ocean and that's part of it's it's a fundamental thing that all of a sudden the thing that you fear is in front of you and you know in the form of a couple kids 
They already have it. They already have, uh, there already is, like, a background, like, hunt this sea monster down. The main, the main villain, for some reason, is also hunting this, like, he has harpoons with him at several points. And there's all the guards on, in the water during the race to, to hunt the sea monsters. Like, it's already there. They, like, they, they could, I don't, I just, I would prefer, that seems more in the theme of, uh, uh, like scared of the other and and you know trying to belong and get along with people who aren't like you because that that's the real theme. So I don't know why right. the uh, the race has a good. I mean, it the race ends up a little better than I was expecting because at least you get the like the rain scene is is well constructed and it's earned to have the bike at the end instead of have the the swim at the end. But I, I, I'm with Nicole. I I I would prefer a different route. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. The only other thing that I want to say is I really wish that this had more either Italian language or Italian accents or Italian actors and actresses. Um, Maya Rudolph doesn't come off to me as an Italian mother, so I'm not really a fan of that. And I wish that there was more Italian spoken in this. I mean, this... This town obviously is is going to speak full Italian, and we know that Disney and Pixar can do this, especially with things like Coco, where they bring the culture and they bring the the language and the beauty of the of where they are to it. And I think they brought the beauty of where they are to Luca, but I think that that little missing piece kind of distracts from what this is supposed to be about so something like that you're right could have made it a bigger film i think yeah i think i think there might be some misses in this and it might just be because of i don't know whether it's because of length of time that they had to do this covid what i don't know what but yeah and this could totally be a teaching or a learning experience for children to learn a couple new phrases in a new language and it's not something goofy like Something Santa mozzarella. Not, yeah, whatever she said. So <laughs> that's my that's my biggest hang up with it. But I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three though. I uh, I'll just go quick over a couple things we haven't talked too much about. The score is uh, I I like it. It's got a a sweeping fairy tale ness to it. And I saw mm-hmm. at the end, it's Dan Romer who did the score. And Dan Romer, one of my favorite musical guys of the recent times, he's the guy who did uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. One of my favorite films of, of all time that we did not too long ago. Yeah, it's uh, got a good score. A couple. It's it's he makes these big sweeping fairy tale, but and like uh, like uh, uh, like another another time another world kind of music, and I think it fits well in here. Nothing. It's not. It doesn't have the that flashy like standout song. I, I don't think, but it's just uh, it just fits tonally super well, underrated uh, at times. Um, and we haven't talked at all about the the several dream sequences that oh yeah uh, that he has. Yeah. Luca has a lot of dream sequences, which are not anything like like they're they're it's a cute like oh like he's a kid and he's imagining and like I think that's maybe something like a younger audience will latch on to because you daydream more when you're younger and like, you just kind of sit around thinking you have a more uh, uh, untethered imagination. The, the one that stands out to me is the one where they think the moon and the stars are the <laughs> fish in the sky and they like jump into oh, the yeah, air and nice. there's like, I like that, that, that reminiscent of an episode of Love, Death and Robots we did way back in the day. Very different animation, but uh, no, um, I, th- I felt that yeah. same thing. I felt that throwback. 
Yeah, when they're yeah, swimming with the whale and the fishes. So I, I like I like all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm I'm gonna land on a four. I think I kind of in between you guys. Um, it de- it definitely feels scaled back, but I think that fits the smaller story told for a, a younger audience. Shorter. The last three Pixar movies were Toy Story four, Onward, and Soul, which I think are all big, heavy. More for adults. You could you could argue with Onward, I guess, but more for adult kind of movies. And then this is definitely smaller, cutesier, uh, still with a good seal of quality. But um, I think the style fits the scaled back feel. And uh, we've talked. Let's just go straight into Resident Evil because we've kind of already described the ending. Like it's the triathlon. There's the the rain. He's, the the friend comes back after the falling out and sacrifices himself. Um, and then they're both revealed to be the sea monsters at the end, and they're like, oh, we're going to hunt them down, and then the dad with the one arm stands up for him and says, no, they're good kids, and they won the race, and uh, you guys are, shouldn't hunt them, and then everyone turns on the bully, including his henchmen. Uh, the parents reveal themselves, those two old ladies reveal themselves, everyone's happy at the end, and uh, the, and when uh, Julia gets on her train to go back to school, uh, we find out that Alberto sold the crappy Vespa that they originally wanted so that Luca could go and study at the place too, because that's what he's always wanted, and uh, now Alberto has a family and stays with the sea monsters and the and the guy with the one arm, so everybody's <laughs> happy and family and accepting and belonging at the end. That also feels a little strange to me, but whatever. Yeah, well, let's talk about this ending in Resident Evil, <laughs> Nicole. All right, um, talk about the strangeness. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess it's n- nice that he decided to take that young man in, um, <laughs> but I thought he maybe have been better suited for the family of uh, of Luca. I don't know. I guess he's working for him. Whatever. Um, no, <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean, they took. They, they, he helps him fish. He likes. He yeah. likes to have him around. He helps him. He helps him find the good fishing spots. So, yes. Win win. Yep. He must help him do a lot of things, um, with the one arm. Um, I liked the movie. I really did. I thought it was really cute, and I would definitely watch it again. Is it my favorite uh, Pixar? No, um, but it's definitely not at that below in other other ones that I don't like. Like I think this has a lot of potential i just wish that there was a couple more things that would have made it i don't know more authentic uh, authentic italian this is a little olive gardeny right now i don't i don't want <laughs> it's a little olive garden it's a little fake italian you know what i mean um i think it might be only hey, when, olive you're, when you're with luca your family <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> i think probably their choice of having like the top the main four to five characters uh, be voiced by, I don't know if they're all American, but they're definitely not Italian uh, is, is a choice that changes, that changes how this feels. I mean, I think everything behind it is, is feels authentic, but I think for the storytelling simplicity for kids to not have to either read subtitles or listen to, uh, you know, thick Italian accents is probably why part of the reason why they went that way i'm guessing. i mean yeah fake so. italian accents would have sucked if maya rudolph was trying to have an italian uh accent but oh god if they it's the same thing that we just discussed within the heights like people were upset that they weren't the right type of latino people the, like if this is not the right type of italian people to do this i mean if you want to make a movie like like 
based somewhere. I think that the people should be from that area. It just makes sense to me. I mean, they did that already. They showed us that they can do that with Coco and, and give us songs in Spanish. And children love that movie because they, they get to learn from it and they get to hear the language that it's supposed to be about. I just think that that would bring it to I the next level. And this could have been up there for me in that sense. I am Italian. I would have loved that. I would have loved to hear little Italian children. But it wasn't that. And that's a shame. Um, so I, I'm going to give it a three for this. I think that it definitely has room for improvement. But I enjoyed watching it still. Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer are the two kids. So those are pretty well-known child actors. Jack Dylan Grazer from... Uh... Shazam, the 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 the. the I know the who the other one the is. Crutches. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan are parents. Yeah, <laughs> the only the only um, actors who are Italian and reprise their roles for the Italian like uh, voiceover version are Mar- uh, Marco Barcelli, who is the the father, the fisherman cook father, Massimo, uh, and then. And then uh, Marina Messeroni uh, plays Mrs. Mer- Marsiglis. Uh, she's she's the one in charge of the Portarosa Cup race right. and yeah. like the sponsors. Right. So she gets a little time. But those are the two that reprise Very their roles. So I guess they're they're both Italian. But uh, it looks like everyone else, yeah, is English speaking only in this. So anyway, uh, oh, uh, and the and the bully, the bully also. Uh, was dubbed uh, to the Italian, so he's Italian. Our least favorite yeah. character is Italian. Um, <laughs> oh, this could have gone a totally different way if they did cast all Italians. I don't think it was the voice actor's fault that this character didn't work. <laughs> no, but, uh, I don't okay, think so uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I was looking forward to this movie, but I have to say that I was a little concerned that it was going to wind up being an onward for me, which I didn't particularly care for i think you guys are a lot higher on that um, than i was so particularly because of the pants i think that just i couldn't get past the (laughs) pants on that honestly but i i was surprised with this and I, i just find it to be charming sure it's lacking in some authenticity i don't know if i'd go olive garden but i might go like maggiano's or you know something more Something more. It's not pizza. High, high, higher end fake Italian? <laughs> yeah, higher end fake Italian might do it for me. Um, I enjoyed the whole, the whole, I, I enjoyed the smallness of this movie and, and um, it made me, made me want to go back to Italy, honestly. I mean, I, I'm there. So I, I'm good. I'm going to watch this movie again too. I think that this is something that I will enjoy watching and I don't need sometimes uh, I like to watch a movie because I know it has a score that has a big song in it and this I just didn't miss it and I'm glad for it so uh, I'll be I'll be going back and watching this again this is a four for me this is a bottom half Pixar for me which is not I mean that's not that big a detriment because there's what 20 it's like 23 24 Pixar movies and I'd say over half or four and a half five star movies. So this is like a four star movie. It's solid. Um, it still has that stamp of quality. I still stand by other than maybe Cars 2. Haven't made a bad film yet. I, I, I would consider this not a bad film at all. I got as far as the teary eyed moments, which I'm one to do with all movies, Pixar especially. Uh, a little little dusty on the uh, after the the, key, the kid Luca turns on Alberto. That was a shocking moment. Yeah, uh, that was but not. 
crushing. Like legitimately shocking. Like ah, uh, and I was like ah, uh, they that that got me in the emotional sphere. But that's not the part that made me tear up. Maybe the part that tear up was when they went back to the house and then she splashes the water on his hands and then she turns him away because at this point I'm more invested in, in the Luca Julia relationship because I like their nerding out together. So that that one got me got me on the teary eyed train. Uh, and then the ending is is is. Okay, I was choking up a little bit. Nicole with the mom. And made, Nicole made some joke with about harp, harp, uh, like, oh, he's on the train, he's gonna get harpooned all of a sudden by someone who didn't see the movie, like, watch all the events happen. And I was like, mm-hmm, it's funny, Nicole. Like, I was, like, <laughs> I was trying not to to show that I was I was on the brink. Um, so it didn't quite break over, but uh, it got it got me to those emotional points twice. So. Yeah. Uh, four, a solid four here. It's a solid four star out of five star movie for me, pretty much across the board. Mm. Story, some problems, one bad character. You know, that's about it. Uh, gonna recommend Luca, Mom? Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna recommend Luca. Nicole, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I will too. It's a, uh, it's, it's on the medium scale recommend. So it's three, three recommends for Luca. Pixar does it. Again, when I get uh, my so, DoorDash from Maggiano's, I'll put it on. Uh, coming up, we've got some more theater and streaming movies. All trying to stick to new stuff for now, while while there is new stuff. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll at some point hit another lull. I'm sure. If you have recommendations, we'll add them to the list. Watch them when they're on a streaming service. Films with the women of my life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show films with the women at gmail.com. Got some good stuff coming up. We got Black Widow. We got our 4th of July episode, which will be very fun. Uh, and, you know, who knows what else? Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being on. Thanks. You're, uh, prego. Grazie. Prego. <laughs> Pre- like, the, like the sauce? That's no. your welcome. That's your welcome. Oh it's God. not the sauce. See, Does that if, sauce mean if, you're welcome? If Luca had to put that into the movie, you would have known. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore pod host, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Telesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.